Hi, I'm Gail. Hi, I'm Ruby. We are two hot perimenopausal mindset coaches with a burning desire to help working women across the globe think differently about menopause. There is another way. It's mindset over menopause. Co-authors of the Working Women's Guide to Menopause, When the Heat is On, Don't Sweat It, we're delighted to bring you our bite-sized podcast show, Mind Over Menopause. On the show, we share stories from other women going through one of the three stages of menopause, peri, menopause and postmenopause. Grab a cuppa and listen to their story. And welcome to Mind Over Menopause. Today we're delighted to have our guest Clarissa Christiansen all the way from Sweden and she's going to be talking to us about her menopause experience. So welcome to the show today Clarissa. Thank you Gail and Ruby for inviting me. Welcome, lovely to have you. So the first question for you Clarissa is how did menopause affect you in your working life? Well, I think the biggest thing for me was anxiety. I mean, I've struggled with anxiety all my life, but I had it under control in some ways, you know, and then menopause hit and anxiety suffered in ways that impacted my ability to function at work, to feel that I could cope, that I felt secure in meetings. And I I just struggled every single day with just crippling anxiety that it ultimately showed up for other team members and to senior leaders, which led to criticism rather than support at that time, unfortunately. Mm. That's that's really interesting because you said in, in your show notes that it was th- that real ability or inability all of a sudden to focus on those complex projects. So I think from a, a corporate perspective, this is really interesting to hear um, the depth of the impact of it because it, it sounds to me like that anxiety almost um, made you feel that you were a completely changed and very different person to the person that had been delivering in that team previously. Absolutely. That's totally true. I mean, I had been a very high performer. I'd been a very senior manager. And to come to meetings and feel just constant anxiety through that meeting, you're not focusing on what's being said. You're worrying about what you're going to say. And then I found myself speaking over people because I was desperate to get my point of view over. And of course, nobody likes that. In any situation, but in work that it really shows you up as being somehow not quite competent to hold the leadership position that I did hold. And then, as you said, Gail, there was a lack of focus on everything else because all I did was feel concern. And the concern then builds into a conversation in your own head that you're not good enough, that maybe you shouldn't be in this position, maybe you should leave. Uh, and, and that really rocked my career. And in the end, I did leave that particular organization organization because I felt that the road had run out and that I wasn't up to the standards that they required. Yeah, I think you're not alone. Mm. No, you're not. And and I also, like you, have suffered with anxiety as a result of menopause. I was always a worrier. And I think it can be it can be absolutely disabling. You have that self-doubt, constant double checking, and it's exhausting because of that as well. And trying to, whether you're, you know, listeners, whether you're running a business or in the corporate world, it can have a really big impact. And it's learning really how to manage that anxiety. So going on to the next question, then you said, you were saying, what was the biggest 
challenge for you. Um, and you've touched on the lack of support. So tell us a little bit more about some of the biggest challenges. I think the biggest challenge is that obviously we're going back now, you know, to more than 14 years ago. Menopause and perimenopause were not words that were discussed in public. And so Instead, I was called out for my anxiety as a performance issue, which is not necessarily what it was. I mean, I was just as committed and enthusiastic about my job, but the performance-related aspects became the whole conversation. And it's often the surprisingly who says that to me because it was actually other women who were least supportive. Mm. Uh, my immediate manager, whose comment in public was, your anxiety makes other people feel uncomfortable, um, so you could stop doing that. You know, the lack of understanding, empathy and connection was staggering, quite frankly. And what do you do when someone says that to you in a corridor in front of your team, in front of other senior people? You're devastated. And I still think to this day she didn't actually understand what she'd done. No, I'm sorry that you've had that experience. It sounds awful. And I hope that with everything that's going on now, where people are starting to have conversations around perimenopause and menopause, that this isn't how it, it carries on. I've, I think I've shared in a previous interview when we've been on other podcast shows how, um, you know, it, it, I was in HR and, and knowing what it is like now, I wouldn't have had those skills back then, honestly. And, and I don't know the age range of the people that you were working with, but I think there needs to be education around this because I wouldn't have known back in my 20s, early you know, 30s, how to have dealt with it properly. Not really, not a, an in-depth understanding. And I think that's what we need. We need to understand that everyone's, no matter whether it's menopause or whatever it is, everyone's journey is unique to them. And there needs to be this level of understanding and support when something's changed, because quite obviously before that point, you were um, exemplary at everything that you were doing. And then all of a sudden it's changed. Well, why? That should have been the question, not calling you out in the middle of a corridor. So (laughs) thank you for sharing. It's really really good to have this conversation because other people may be experiencing the same thing in their workplace. So it's really, we really appreciate you being so open and and sharing your story with us. Gail. Yes, yes. And so, now that you've shared that, Clarissa, and that was, as you say, that that big challenge for you, what did you what did you do then to be able to manage that anxiety and also some of that shame culture that was brought on by other people? And to how did you cope with those symptoms um, and the challenges that you actually faced? Well, I think initially I brushed them under the carpet like a lot of us do. You know, Mm. let's be open and honest. And I thought that the idea was to jump ship. I'd be saying quite openly and honestly to people now, that's not the way forward, except that it got me out of a, a situation. But eventually I had a panic attack in the office, which is a horrible experience, whether you're in the office or not. And if you've never had one, I think it's hard to explain, but it's a physical thing. You just feel sick and out of control. And that was my real tipping point. And I was very fortunate to have come into contact with a therapist, psychotherapist, yoga teacher, and mindfulness teacher in Timothea Goddard based in Sydney. And I went to her training course and I did, that was my first step, eight weeks of mindfulness training. And I can honestly say that the things I learned there were not just tools and techniques, 
But the biggest thing that we're not alone, and I think Ruby, you also said it's very common, we are not alone in this journey. And that mm-hmm. is incredibly empowering. And from that platform, I was able to actually move forward, implement mindfulness practices, which helped me to stay calmer. Obviously, your sleep tends to improve. So we are also not battling brain fog and fatigue. Mm -hmm. And and I think mindfulness becomes a stepping stone to addressing other issues in our lives, our boundaries in life, and also how we're showing up in terms of our lifestyle. So for me, there was also cutting back on drinking, not that I'm sitting here and saying, gosh, I had a a problem with drinking, but probably it wasn't helpful to be downing a glass of wine a night uh, and getting that out of my system, rejigging my diet and my exercise were all supportive to the remainder of my menopause journey. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think the listeners are really going to take something from that, you know, Clarissa, that you you were in a very toxic situation in that workplace and that was piqued by that anxiety. But when you stepped away and gave yourself a bit of attention, you know, you actually said, you know what, I need to be kind to myself for a while. And you learned some of these techniques. And I can, I can, I'm sure Ruby can hear this too. And the listeners is is once you started to be kind to yourself and address the fact that you're not alone, there are other people talking about it. And when we do step away from the the damage to our souls and our being, that when we actually take time to pause and be quiet for a while, we can actually help ourselves that bit more. And now you're practicing that and helping so many other people with it. So a wonderful story from toxicity to, to calm, really. Thank you for sharing. So, Clarissa, what one piece of advice can you share with women who are going through the same experience or similar? I think we have to learn to find a way to ask for help. Mm. Even if you're in a, you can always find people, even if they're in a top, if you're in a toxic work situation, you need to probably step away like I did. But we need to find people to support us, however that shows up in your life. And we should never feel that we are ashamed for needing help. Connection is a huge part of this journey. And whether that is a menopause cafe in your workplace, whether that is your partner, your friend, your mother, your clinician, start that conversation um, that I am feeling like this, I need support. Because from that space, you can then take action to do other things. And support can also mean that you can delegate some of your burden onto people because we're carrying way too much. To be honest, as as women at this life stage, we're juggling families, work, aging parents, the whole gamut. And then from that space, we can build a plan to how we want to manage our menopause and how we want our future life to unfold because it's very different on the other side. It's quite nice on the other side, but we have to work through it. You know, we have to see it as a tunnel, not a cave. We look forward to that. And no no more hot flushes would be good. (laughs) And a lot more sleep. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Where can people find out more about you? They can go to my website. It's my name, clarissachristiansen.com. And you can learn a little bit more about me, about the programs that I work with. And 
And you can connect with me, obviously, on LinkedIn and Instagram as well, where it's, I mainly hang out from a social media perspective. And check out my podcast, where, of course, you, Gail and Ruby, have been wonderful guests. It's called Thriving Through Menopause. And I think that's a good resource for you to listen to different aspects of how each of you can navigate and thrive through menopause. Wonderful. Thank you. And we will put links in the show notes for those of you listening and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Rissa. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's show and the story our guests shared. Every woman's experience of menopause is different. Our aim is for you to feel inspired, know that you're not on your own and choose to take back control. If you'd like to be a guest on our show or find out more about us and the work we do, you'll find all the details in the show notes. As a gift, you can also download a free extract from our book. Ruby and I look forward to sharing your story soon.